like if you spend your time on this and if this is something you want to do, then you have to keep your money in the bankroll. You have to. Or else you're just you're just fucking yourself over on the hourly. Like there's no other way to put it. I'm going to combine two of my favorite things, um, gambling and personal finance. And this episode specifically is going to be about um, compounding your money within sports betting, A, how you can do it and why sports betting offers a unique opportunity, and then B, the troubles that you run into once you scale to a certain size and why you can't project your compounding your rate of compounding out into the future, um, the same it is when you first start. So this is going to focus on a few things, but I'm going to assume that in this in this episode, we're going to be talking about having a, a set amount of money that you consider your bankroll. So it's going to be, let's, let's talk about how you define a bankroll first, because to think about how you're going to roll it over and double it and double it, you know, and compound first, you have to know like, what is it that you are compounding? What is it that you are doubling? Right. So, uh, me and my partner, Dame Dalla, we have a set bankroll. We, we track it, you know, do the accounting on it and basically, you know, don't touch it. We try not to touch it and we try not to touch it because of what I'm going to talk about in this episode, because of how powerful the returns are in sports betting when you're getting, you know, 5% returns on a bet when you can place 100 bets in a day, when you can place, you know, 1,000 bets in a week, and how quickly you can spin over a bankroll without really putting it at risk. It's, it's very unique here. And you can scale it differently. Like you can't scale poker, really. You can multi-table online, but like it's very hard to, to scale poker because you're required to be sitting there the whole time. Sports betting, you can find a good angle, find a good edge, and then place a lot of bets and then go about your day while the event plays out. So it really is unique, even to like day trading, where the power of compounding is, is really, really strong. And it's not passive, but it's less active than some other things that you might be considering, which is also why it makes a good side hustle because you can, you can basically like dedicate a couple hours at any time of the day to sports betting because the market's open 24 seven. So you could be working your job, get home at night, wake up in the morning, bet, you know, whatever it is, and then have your bets play out throughout the day while you're at work not worrying about your bets, and then you're maximizing that hourly, right? You don't need to be there while the game's being played. You just need to to cut out some time to invest your money in sports betting. And even as a part-time thing, you can still be exposed to the power of compounding that sports betting offers. Okay, to get the power of compounding first, we need something to compound. Uh, that would be your bankroll, right? And I recommend that people set aside an amount of money 
as their bankroll and decide basically how much that should be by deciding how much money they can set aside and not touch and live their life outside of that money. And even if that money starts to grow, it starts to become a more significant amount that you can still not touch that money and live your life on the side, almost as if that money does not exist. Because the only way that you're going to really get all the benefits of compounding returns is if you keep your money in the bankroll. You don't take it out. You know, if you have a big win, don't take it out and you know splurge on uh, who knows whatever it is. Like I never do that. My biggest wins, like I've probably, I, I couldn't even tell you what I did after my biggest wins. I probably did the exact same thing I did after my biggest losses, after my break even days, whatever it is, because. It's all part of the same equation. You're going to have your wins. You're going to have your losses. You're going to have your slow periods. Separate it. Keep it in that bankroll. Let that bankroll grow exponentially and do not touch it. The worst thing that you can do is take money out when you win big. And I know this is like the exact opposite of what conventional wisdom is and what your uncle tells you like, oh, if you're up, you got to take the chips off the table. Keep it in the bankroll. All right. The goal is to make a lot of money. The goal is to make a lot of money, right? If you have an edge in sports betting, your money is better off in your bankroll than basically anywhere else, up probably till a couple million dollars. Like, you're just not going to see returns like you can get in sports betting. Um, that are going to make sense to you unless you're just like capped out at a massive amount of money. That's just like too much for the sports betting markets to handle. Then you might want to start putting it elsewhere um, or whatnot. And of course there's some, there's definitely like some value to being diversified, but at the same time, like we also, when I say bankroll, I want to clarify this. This does not mean that this money has to sit in a DFS site. There's DFS sites out there that are operating right now that will go down and probably take your money with them in the next couple of years. So when I say a bankroll, it doesn't mean it has to be in a gambling site. A bankroll can be tracked on Excel, but you have to be honest with yourself about knowing like what money is set aside for gambling. You could have a separate bank account. Um... I mean, you could use PayPal, although I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest using PayPal to hold all your money because PayPal will shut down on some gamblers, freeze accounts and whatnot. So if I were to give you some advice, I would just say, have a separate bank account. You know, that's what we do. Totally separate bank account. I don't have it mixed with my personal finances at all. And it's a lot easier that way because I just separate myself from it, right? Like that's the gambling money. That's the bankroll. Everything else, you know, that's my normal money. That's my normal life, right? So step number one in compounding is have something to compound, which is a bankroll that's set aside from your personal finances. Okay, so now you have your bankroll. How does compounding work? Why is sports betting conducive to exponential returns? 
Sports betting is conducive to exponential returns, at least in the beginning of your career, because you can bet $5 on something and you can bet $10 on the same thing. And it has the same expected return. It's different than in poker where if you were to sit down at a game that has a $500 buy-in, if you were to now sit down the next day at a game that has a $1,000 buy-in, all else being equal, the $1,000 buy-in will have tougher players on average than the $500 buy-in, meaning that your uh, ROI or your win rate will decrease while you move up. Now, you might make more absolute money because you're buying in for two times as much. So if your win rate doesn't go down, doesn't get halved, you're still making more money, but you're not making as high a win rate. And therefore, it's not a pure exponential increase. So, okay. But in sports betting, you could take, you know, the Jets versus the Pats, you know, and either bet five, bet 10, bet 20, bet 1,000, bet 2,000, and it's the same bet. There's nothing different if Billy Walters bets a bet or if, you know, your uncle rolls up off the street and bets the same bet. The same expected thing is going to happen. So you can scale quickly in sports betting. You can start betting $5 units and then... Basically, the only thing that's keeping you at $5 units is having a lower bankroll. So once you bet $5 units and grow your bankroll, and this is why it's so important to keep money in your bankroll, because your bankroll is the one constriction on how quickly you're going to compound responsibly, right? Like you want to make sure that you have, you're betting very small amounts uh, in relation to your bankroll, right? You want to be betting like a quarter of what, the Kelly criterion tells you to bet. If you don't want to go do the math, like you shouldn't be betting, especially if you're doing some of these like DFS um, parlays and whatnot, you don't want to be betting more than, you know, 1% on a five leg parlay. And that's like this absolute max you should be betting. Like if you have a $500 bankroll, I think that's when you can probably start playing some of these like five leg uh, underdog plays uninsured, right? But after before that, it's going to be too much. So anyway, you have to grow your bankroll so you can move up your average bet. When you move up your average bet, the amount you expect to win increases theoretically by however much you move your bet up. You're going to have the same ROI on a $5 bet than you as you do on a $10 bet. Let's just say you have a 10% ROI, make a $5 bet. On that bet, you should earn 50 cents on average, right? 10% of $5. Now, let's say you grow your bankroll. You don't take any money out. You reinvest into the bankroll. The next week, you earn 10% on a $10 bet. That's $1. And you bet the same amount of bets, the same amount of bets in an hour. You've literally doubled your hourly from sports betting. And the only thing that's going to stop you from doing that is if you're taking money out of your bankroll. If you're spending that money on something that's not really giving you any return, like obviously there are situations in life that you have to spend money on. But if you're taking money out of your bankroll to spend on discretionary stuff, again, that's up to you, but it's not, it's not the best financial decision. And it's not a decision that you make if 
your main goal is trying to make a lot of money sports betting. If your main goal is trying to grow your bankroll, right? Again, do as you wish, but reinvesting money back into your bankroll allows you to increase your average bet responsibly and create exponential growth while also being safe about it and not risking going broke. So there's two factors. There's winning, right? And then there's keeping money in your bankroll. So you win, keep it in, move up, repeat, 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 repeat. And this works. Like I, I in the Discord, I'll you know maybe show a bet or, or whatever it is, and people will be like, oh, wow, like you're rich or you have such a big bankroll or it must be nice. But the reality is like I started with $100 in full tilt poker when I was 18. I just kept money in my my gambling bankroll. You know, I'm, I'm so cheap. I'm so insanely cheap. Like there was a period in my life where I ate oatmeal for breakfast and for lunch for like five months. And I was and I was making over six figures during that time because I didn't really care if it wasn't like that important to me to have to spend a lot of money on lunch. And I was living in the city, so lunch was expensive. Oatmeal was convenient, and it allowed me to quickly grow my capital because I realized there's this amazing opportunity available with sports betting, and I didn't want to take other people's money. I want to be able to compound my own money. And I live like a monk to do it. It's not for everybody, but when I tell you, like, when I'm telling you this, just know, like, it worked for me. And the reason that I am where I am, it's not like every, you know, you're not born. Most people aren't, like, born with a big bankroll. It just takes time and compounding and sacrifice, right? Reinvesting. And it's it's doable, like... Every, almost like every online poker player's origin story is the same as mine. I deposited fifty dollars in full tilt. Now I have like a couple million dollars or whatever. Tom Dwan, you know Phil Galfond, all these guys, right? It's it's just about allowing yourself to have the power of compounding. And I want to get into an example of like why sports betting is different than the S and P and your retirement accounts because. That also compounds, but it's so much slower if you think about it. So, all right, here's the example. You have you have some money in a 401k, you have it in, in a general market fund, and you're just assuming that, that fund is going to do 7%, 8% a year. It actually doesn't matter. I know that people argue about this stuff. It doesn't matter because gambling's returns are so much higher that you could call it 20%. Wouldn't matter. Okay, so you put your money in the market, you feel pretty comfortable. You're getting an 8% return a year. You take your 10000 put it in there, and you make $700 that year. In gambling, first of all, you could take that 10000 and double it in a week just doing deposit bonuses. You could go to a couple states, double it, get to twenty grand. All of that aside, because that's, you know, whatever, that's situational, it might not last. If you have a 5% ROI, I and I'm not, I didn't do the Sims on this. I didn't do the math. But essentially, if you have a 5% ROI and you're betting Kelly and you're betting like a decent amount of volume, not betting Kelly, sorry, don't, don't bet Kelly, bet like quarter of Kelly. That is one quarter of the size that the, the formula, the Kelly criterion would 
um, would recommend to you and people bet under full Kelly because you never can have enough information to trust full Kelly. So it's a guideline and you just always want to be conservative. That aside, you're betting quarter Kelly, you got a 5% return. You're very, very conservative. What's going to happen is this, you're going to slowly, you know, be making, let's say, um, you make like a hundred dollars of bets a day, pretty reasonable. That's not that, that crazy. Okay. You make $5 that first day, right? Or you have a 10,000. No, sorry. You make like a thousand dollars of bets a day with a, you can make, you can bet 10, 10% of your bank real easy and responsibly doing quarter Kelly, whatever thousand dollars of bets. You make $50 that first day. Boom. Now you go up to now your bankrolls, 10,000 in $50. Let's just to make the math easier. Let's bet again next day. Now you're ten thousand and one hundred dollars. So now when you bet, you're making five percent of a thousand is fifty, and then five percent of the ten is fifty cents. So fifty dollars and fifty cents, fifty one, fifty two, up, 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 and it's spinning up. It's spinning up, and even if you're not compounding taking that extra, you know, the extra money that you're earning and reinvesting it back, $50 a day over the course of a whole year is, what is that, like 15 grand. That's crazy. That's so much better than the than the 700 already that you're going to make on the market. Now, the thing is, the 700 on the market is passive, Right. So there's some benefit to that. But now we're saying 15, you're going to make 15 grand if you're making $50 a day betting the same amount. But somewhere along that line, you've doubled your bankroll, right? So now you're making 100 a day. And when you increase your bet size by however much your bankroll has gone up, you know, if you increase your bet size with your bankroll, now you start to see that exponential curve come up. So the reality of this situation without having done out done out the math is you're going to be able to turn your bankroll over many times in a year. Like I can think about from when we started our partnership in 2022, if I think about what we put in and what we made uh, before tax, we, I think we tripled or quadrupled our bankroll. And that's like not unheard of. It's doable. So we were doing like 300, 400%. The market was going to give us 7%. It's not even close, right? So if you're going to do this, and if you're going to spend the time doing this, you might as well expose yourself to the power of compounding and keep your money in the bankroll. Like if you spend your time on this, and if this is something you want to do, then you have to keep your money in the bankroll. You have to. Or else you're just you're just fucking yourself over on the hourly. Like there's no other way to put it. If you're not reinvesting your money back into this, you're just missing out on like the entire upside of sports betting. So if you're gonna spend a lot of time on this, I highly recommend that you reinvest in the bankroll and increase your sizing while your bankroll goes up so that you continue to increase your unit size, increase your hourly, increase the money you make per day, everything. All right. Well, I hope that is helpful. I really do believe in the power of reinvesting. It's just an opportunity cost thing. 
the opportunity cost of taking, you know, 10 bucks and spending it on something is so high because that $10, if you put it into your sports betting bankroll within a year is like $40. So once you become better at sports betting, the, the kind of the cost of spending money also goes up. It's very weird. Obviously, like don't go full me and only eat oatmeal enjoy your life. It's, you know, you only got one, so also enjoy it. But just be cognizant of the fact of how valuable that money is in your bankroll, how much less valuable it is out of your bankroll, and how much keeping the money in your bankroll increases your hourly over the year, over the years, over your career, you know, and you'll bump up against a wall, right? Like when Billy Walters has $50 million, like, it doesn't double his earn from when he had 25. He's going to find it very hard to get, you know, $10 million down in a day. I'm not saying he can't. I'm sure he can or sure he has, but I'm sure that it ha- doesn't go one for one. Like it would increase your hourly going from a $500 to a $1,000 bankroll because everything that you can bet on when you have 500 and bet your unit size, you'll be able to bet your unit size on when you have a thousand. So very important, very passionate about this topic because I do want to see everybody make money and set themselves up financially through sports betting. This is a great time. So even if you're doing it as a side hustle, take advantage of this time because it's not always going to be like this. I've seen the ebbs and flows throughout my gambling career. We're certainly in a boom right now. So just buckle down reinvest the money, squeeze what you can out of it. And then, you know, if it becomes something that you're recreational about later, that's awesome. But at least you know that you maxed your earn when it was good. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. Next week, officially have confirmed Ed Miller. Ed Miller, an absolute legend in the gambling community. He wrote along with Matthew Davidow, The Logic of Sports Betting, probably the most important book right now in sports betting. If you haven't read it, Um, I would suggest right now stopping this and going and reading it. And Ed's going to come on. We're going to talk on Monday, and I will hopefully have the episode out by Tuesday. We're going to talk about his new book, Interception, which I have. I'm about halfway through, and it's it's unbelievable. There's there's he has such a unique perspective of how to look at the sports betting markets because he looks at it from the angle of the sports books and putting yourself in the shoes of the sports books. How do you attack them? Where are they weak? Everything. This is going to be a great interview. Uh, the first interview of the Risk Takers podcast. I'm so happy it's going to be Ed. He was a hero of mine coming up in poker because he started 2 plus 2 forums, geeking out. Please listen. Please share this before that episode so we can get a lot of people on to show Ed some support and to convince other awesome guests to come on down the line. All right. Thanks, everybody.